All right, welcome to episode 29. Welcome to episode 29. Yes, our big beautiful brains are going to be talking <laughs> if it's better to buy resale or pre-construction. That's right. In the city of Toronto. Which type of individual are you? Yeah. Brand new or resale? Yeah, do you like that fresh condo smell? Or are you okay with the not so fresh <laughs> resale smell? <laughs> do you want to change your toilets? <laughs> oh, we get into toilets yeah. in this episode. <laughs> Joey watches zombie wrestling. That's right. I eat, I eat. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> I eat this week. And uh, we have a good uh, talk about bed bugs. And <laughs> Joey shares a surprising fact as to how many are actually in Toronto's public library. That's right. All right. Enjoy the show. Enjoy. Welcome to the Toronto Living's Podcast, a conversation about all things Toronto with a focus on real estate, the culture, and of course, the food. I'm Mark Savell. And I'm Joey Virgil. And we're realtors with Sage Real Estate working together as a Toronto Living's team with a focus on helping you buy better, sell higher, and of course, having a little bit of fun along the way. Mr. Mark. Mr. Joey. What's happening? Not much. How are you? I'm good. We are on episode 29. Yeah, we're episode 29. Yeah. Yeah. Seems we're getting closer to 50. I know. Yeah, we've got to come up with something for 50. Of course we do. Yeah. 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 We did a 25, so we're not going to do a 30 thing. But No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm still recovering from 25. <laughs> <laughs> Just do one thing every episode. Just celebrate. So those minor celebrations. Yeah. You know what? You got to celebrate. Every day's a win, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to try to figure out today if it's better to buy resale or pre-construction. That's right. It's a very common question we get. Yeah. But first... How was your week? <laughs> Where did you eat? Lay it on me. Yeah, this week was good. This week was good. It was, uh, actually, I didn't eat out very much this week. Okay. I took the health into consideration. Ah. I was talking about that budget podcast that we did a couple, you know, a couple yeah, days yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I took that to heart. Did you delete Uber Eats from your phone? I didn't. <laughs> In my defense, I was beside Molly when it happened, and it happened literally the second I got home. <laughs> Which part? Uh, the Uber Eats order. Oh, so you, oh God. <laughs> Oh God. All right. Episode 30. Not from my phone. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't from my phone. That's all I wanted okay, to say. Okay. Well, way to throw your partner under the bus. <laughs> Molly, we Smiling, love you. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Molly, he's sorry. Molly, we love you. Cool. Uh, how about you? Where, where was the, where was the food? The hot spot this week? I went to a few places, but the one, uh, so the Raptors are back. The season started right on Wednesday. That's right. And like last minute, one of my clients called me up with extra tickets. So I got to go to the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was okay. This year's not going to be pretty, but I go there for one reason. And like, we've never been to a game together, have we? No. Okay. When we go to one, we have to do this. The prime rib sandwich. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the prime rib sandwich. It is, it's not cheap, but it's Scotiabank Arena. So what is cheap, right? Yeah. It's yeah. It's 25 bucks for the sandwich. <laughs> I, yeah. Fair, fair, fair. But this is the best $25 you will spend. Really? Yeah. For me. Scotiabank rib sandwich. Yeah. I think I was. Is it just like a, at one of the random stands that are that are in there? No, they're in a lot of places. So we sit in the nosebleeds because yeah. we're real fans. So we sit up top. <laughs> and uh, this is uh, three, I want to say like the 330 area. 3.30. Yeah, it's where they have the um, this big roast beef and the guy cuts it up. Uh, you gotta, the secret is you got to put horseradish on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 they have Dijon mustard, which is all right. Yeah, yeah. But Is it horseradish mustard or just horseradish? Straight horseradish. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it really clears your sinuses. I love horseradish. Oh, this yeah. is the best. Yeah. I, this is, I posted on the video on Instagram stories this week just to give you a tantalizing Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, the prime rib sandwich, that is pretty much the... I don't know. My most favorite thing about going to the arena is eating one of those sandwiches. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I don't break from tradition. It's like we get there, 
Let's eat. <laughs> That's the first thing. First thing. <laughs> I don't care if I'm missing anthems, ring presentations, <laughs> championship banners. I need my prime rib sandwich. Yeah. It's the best. It's so good. Yeah. All right. I, yeah. I got to see if they make it outside of the stadium. Like <laughs> sure. anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. And more affordable because we're on budgets, right? <laughs> we're talking budgets <laughs> last week. Um, yeah. That was pretty much the main highlight for me was that prime rib sandwich. I got to give you my highlight this week. It okay. didn't have to do with food. Yeah. But it was a big highlight. Oh. Once a year. Oh. The best event in Toronto. Is it that time of year again? Oh, 100%. It is zombie wrestling time. Is that what your shirt is referring to? If you see my shirt, it says, <laughs> if you can't read it, it says Super Kicked is home. Super Kicked is, I like that. What's the context? <laughs> Super Kicked is the wrestling organization. Okay. And uh, yeah, they had him at the stand and I was like, I'm not walking away from buying a shirt this time. I support that. And it's a bit tight, but I said it was the only the only size left and I said, "Nope, I'm still buying it." <laughs> now, is it a bit tight or are you just really in shape? Um, no, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I appreciate the honesty. Um <laughs> So tell me about Super Kick. It's a wrestling event. You go. Out, you guys went to this last year. We went to, yeah. yeah. This has now become a tradition. So there's two it. things that happened in a row and it happened again, the same thing. Okay. So it's zombie wrestling, which is, ex- <laughs> it's exactly how you think it's going to go. <laughs> uh, it is the most ridiculous group of wrestlers that are all dressed in zombie gear and just doing the most like gimmicky type things throughout <laughs> the entire thing. Uh, and, uh, and then after the zombie wrestling, there is the B sharps. I don't know if you remember me mentioning the B the Simpsons band, the Simpsons cover band Okay, that played at the Rivoli. Nice. So we went and listened to some Simpsons covers and they're honestly, they're so good. Uh, so that was the one two punch the, uh, the other night. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Where was, uh, these zombies wrestling? Zombie wrestling was great, great boat hall. Great or, boat. Sorry. Longboat hall. Longboat hall. Where's yeah. longboat hall? Uh, Queen street. It's like uh, right near the Ossington strip. Oh, is it Queen and uh, Dovercourt? Yes. Great Hall. Great Hall. Where'd you get Longboat from? No, it's long. It's Longboat Hall. It's Longboat Hall. <laughs> okay. Oh, there's Longboat on the side of the thing. Is it? Is it Great Hall? I, I only know it as Great Hall. <laughs> you might be more hipper than me. It could be called this now. So I'm not. I'm not going to call you out on it. It's not necessarily a blog to your fact that you're dropping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I believe it's just called the Great Hall. Okay. All but right. Maybe it's a Great Longboat Hall. There's a. It's a double whammy. Yeah. There's something to investigate. We will. We will get. Okay, I'm going to put it in the show notes. Yeah, we're going to get down to this. Yeah, yeah we're going to. We're going to solve this great debate. Um, so do, is it just once a year? Uh, the zombie wrestling is once a year, right? Super kicked, which is the organization. They do regular, uh, uh regular, uh, wrestling shows. Just non-zombie. Just theme. non-zombie stuff. Okay. Yeah. And do you have a favorite wrestler? Oh, psychotic Michael. Psychotic Michael. <laughs> yeah. First name basis. Uh, eh? Oh, hundred percent. And he started as psycho Mike. Okay. Uh, apparently. Okay. Uh, I only got into him after he was psychotic Michael, um, <laughs> but he got so crazy that he elongated <laughs> both parts of his name. I like that. I like, uh, did you introduce yourself as Dr. Stevenson? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't a part of the show. Unfortunately. Oh. Well, we definitely need to get you part of the show next year. Dr. Stevenson comes in. <laughs> oh man, that'd be the greatest proposal. Not saying you're proposing or anything like that, but like <laughs> if, you, if you wanted to propose to your partner at a zombie, at a zombie room, Molly is so into it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, hundred percent. I think it would it would hit home if yeah. it happened. You come up through the middle of the of the ring. Ding. <laughs> Joey just rises up. Zombie Joey. <laughs> Last year, that was a thing that actually happened. They the zombies no. came from under the ring. <laughs> actually, no. psychotic Michael made his appearance that way. <laughs> <laughs> and this year, no psychotic Michael through the middle of the ring. No, he just came in like normal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Full zombie gear still had like, you know, the, the, it's so funny. They put the fake skin that yeah. was like the infected skin on them that it was all just peeling off by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. How long was the wrestling? Uh, it was, it ended up being from, I think about nine to 1130. Oh, it's good value. It was a good, it was a good run. Yeah. yeah. They didn't do intermission this time. They just kind of like bulldozed right through Straight it. through. Yeah. 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 Maybe they want to catch the B sharps. 
That's right. Yeah. <laughs> did you see Psychotic Michael in the crowd? No, I wish I did. I would have gotten his autograph. Are you kidding? Is he Toronto-based? Uh, I'm assuming so. Can we get him on the show? Oh, man. Psychotic Michael's real estate advice? I would love that. Okay. Okay, we got yeah. we got work to do. Episode 50. Episode 50. Let's manifest. Psychotic Michael. Let's manifest Psychotic Mike. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I think it's time for news you can use. I think so. Please. Uh <laughs> No, you're the voice. I'm the sound. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> News you can use. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> you're the sound on the transition time. I'm the voice. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, right, all, right. all right. So now that we got that sorted out. <laughs> okay, but this week has seemed extremely long. Does it feel like that to you? Yeah, like a month long. It feels kind enormous. Of? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, nothing really happened this week, and then I'm like, when was that rate hold? Get? That was Wednesday. That was on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Three days ago. Well. Uh, the Bank of Canada and decided to hold their rates, yeah. which means if you're on a variable rate mortgage, if you have a line of credit, if you have anything associated with a variable, um, you're going to be paying the same amount. Nothing has changed there. That's right. And hopefully that does something to get the market a little bit busier. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully this brings it up. We'll see how the rest of the year goes, but, yeah. uh, but it's a nice, ref- I mean, it's a nice refresher. Yeah. I don't think it's going to have a big impact on the market simply because there's been what? Two holds already, or yeah. one hold. Yeah. September was the first hold, I think, or was yeah. it August? Uh, August, 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 September. September. I don't know. They're all merging together. Anyways, I think we're on our second hold, and the market is still pretty much. Yeah, that's right. It was. Part. It was just before the fall mar- market where they paused. Yeah, uh, so I don't think this is going to necessarily stimulate anything, and I don't think that's their their intentions. It's more just to give a little bit of relief because it is getting damn expensive out there. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Um, and, uh, if you don't follow Mark on Instagram, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I keep hearing that song. It is glorious every time. Yeah. I uh, a storm is passing over. <laughs> so it's a Miami children's choir and they've got the greatest song of life and it gets so uplifting. And every time I hear that there's a rate hold, I got to play the video. Yeah. It's absolutely like that's yeah. Pavlov dogs, Pavlov, Pavlov, oh Pavlov, 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 five times Pavlov, fast. Dog. <laughs> Pavlov dog effect. Still oh. recuperating from zombie wrestling. Right it's okay. Now, so right. It's okay. I'm going to get some coffee going. That sounds good. All right. We'll get some coffee. Ooh, I think I'm too hot there. All right. Coffee's going. All right. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so that's good. Rates are holding. We have one more announcement scheduled for December. Do you know the date on that off the top uh, of your head? Uh, I don't. No, not off the top of my yeah. head. Yeah. They're usually up. like the end of the month, 25th, but I don't think they do like a Christmas day announcement. No, that sounds wrong. Yeah, that sounds so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be sipping eggnog and find out my rates are going up in the new year. <laughs> Blasphemy. Uh, Joey's working on that right yeah. now. December 6th. Oh, that's a quick one. December 6th. Yeah. So about a month from now, we're going to find out if they're going to increase rates again or hold them or potentially drop them. Yep. Yeah, I think the general consensus is early uh, first quarter, we might see our first drop. What that looks like is anyone's guess. Um, but hey, I'm here for it. We'll see what goes. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what reports come out between now and then. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, in our wise uh, podcasting age of episode 29, we've learned not to really <laughs> even bother trying to forecast this stuff. Um, okay, another thing I saw this week that was kind of cool, Toronto Life released their best places to live. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number one was the Danforth. Danforth was number one. Eh? Yeah. I'm surprised. Okay, wait. I want to hear the rest of the list. Uh, but uh, I, I, no, why are you surprised? I'm surprised because the beaches have just made like, oh. the beaches seem to be like the headline of everybody. Everybody wants to hit the beaches. Good point. I'm a West End guy and I was like, 
why aren't we there? <laughs> uh, so number one was Danforth. Number two was West Queen West. And the third was uh, Bloor West Village. So okay. there was two Wests Your in west. the top three. Yeah, There's but not, west in there. not my West. I want, yeah, like, <laughs> I want like St. Clair and Dufferin. And like, you know, West where I eat at. <laughs> the writing. But I get it. Um, I, it was an interesting... I was actually very happy to see Danforth number one. Uh, I'm I, Yeah, okay. I'm not going to complain about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just more surprised. Surprised, but I thought it was like a really thoughtful uh, decision to put them number one. And so you can look at the Toronto Life article. We'll put it in the show notes. They actually used a ton of different metrics to come up to why it's number one. So it's not just a subjective panel of humans. Oh, <laughs> I think AI was consulted on this. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but they 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 said the triple E: so employment, education, and entertainment. And uh-huh. the Danforth has it all. And the Danforth is this kind of, um, I don't want to say underserviced, but kind of looked over neighborhood for a long period of time. You only kind of think of the Danforth when it's Greek. Greek town. Yeah. Greek town. Yeah. And there's so much more of the Danforth than just Greek town. And I'm glad to see a lot of people, families kind of choosing that as a place to to start a family and to, to raise because prices are somewhat still affordable there. It's not like one of the most expensive pockets to be in. And if you go just outside of the Danforth, it's it's a really good value proposition to be looking at. Yeah, very true. East seems to be where people started. Once once West got developed and West West hit this like extreme trend for yeah. for as long as it did, then the, the East started becoming more uh, more sought after. And that's where I think this is where this transition is happening. I, I, I was thinking the beaches, which is East End. Yeah, uh, and Danforth, which makes yeah. sense. Yeah, cool, cool. Do, would you do you have a favorite neighborhood that you want to? Uh, right now I'm still, uh, I'm still in Midtown. I'm still yeah. where I am. Yeah. Which is a great area. Yeah. 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 I, it, that made top 10, I think. Did it? Yeah, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look at this list. Yeah. I'm not mad at the list. It seems like I, I agree with a lot of it. I see why they listed the way they did. However, <laughs> the editor had, uh, there was an editor's letter like two days later saying like, we understand this is dividing a lot of neighborhoods and people are saying, why is it my number one? <laughs> Come on guys. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> you love your area. It can be number one in your heart. Yeah, Toronto exactly. life is not your, uh, <laughs> your, your, you know, tracking of, of what's a good area. <laughs> it's just a suggestion. Uh, and then you've got, yeah, just get into them, son. Okay, let's hit this part. We talked about it last one of the couple episodes ago. Yeah, and I wanted to bring bed bugs back up because an article just came to the surface recently. <laughs> so Toronto is becoming uh, I don't know tech, TikTok hit heavy with uh, with bed bugs this week. Yeah, so, the algo the algorithm like that it did. The yes. algo likes bed bugs. Somebody spotted one in a TTC uh, seat and it just got it just went insane. So there was an article that came out on how many uh, pu- how many spottings of bed bugs have been in public libraries in Toronto. Why are we even tracking this? <laughs> how many? <laughs> yeah, I want to, I want to guess. Uh, how many in public libraries? Well, if my calculations are correct, I haven't. <laughs> my calculations. <laughs> I haven't spent a lot of five hundred and seventy three. Holy sh! No, 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 not that much. Oh yeah, it's much less than that. Ah, then I'm not worried. Okay, <laughs> <That's scary. laughs> yeah, it's a significant amount less. Actually, twelve. Oh, come on. Yeah. Okay, but how do people actually know it's a bed bug? Where that okay, that's a good No, they've been uh, I think they've been it's been proven. They've been caught and like checked out. What like Steve Irwin's Animal Safari? <laughs> yeah, mate. We spotted the web. They have bed bug. They have uh they do monthly or not monthly. They do uh, regular check-ins with like certified inspectors that come through. I can live with 12. 12 is not bad. And it was a downswing from last year, which was 20. Oh, this is Blogtio style content. <laughs> Come on. I'm fine with 20 bed bugs in public libraries. This is CP24 that did this. I don't care. It's not bad, uh, right? The, we're still one of the worst. We're still listed. I got to figure out where, where we're listed, but we're okay. still listed as one of the worst bed bug uh, cities. Okay, cities? Uh, okay. I'm going to find it. I'm going to send it to you. See this now. Okay. So this all started because my wife was in Paris and everyone was like, she's going to get bed bugs. <laughs> yeah, <that's> it. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Pookie Bear. Uh, she doesn't have bed bugs, thankfully. And um, 
<laughs> she didn't bring him back either. But like now I'm wondering, because they said there was a massive outbreak. Does that mean there's like 50 <laughs> spotted? <laughs> oh, in, in Toronto? No, in Paris. Oh, in if Paris. you're saying 20 is like, yeah, this, I, <laughs> and 12 is cons- cause of concern. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not really bothered by the stat yeah, at all. 12, yeah, you put you to, put you to peace a little bit. Yeah, yeah, 12 in all public libraries? All Toronto public libraries. How 12, many public libraries do we have? 12 spotted and confirmed. Like, do we have 12 public libraries? Is there one per library? <laughs> maybe. And now you take a variance of, like, maybe someone misjudged a potato bug for a <laughs> bed bug. And we're like, eight? I like those odds. <laughs> I can live with those odds. But funny enough, um, Alex Wong had his event this week. Yeah. And Ryan, um, Ryan and Brenda. Yo. Okay. Friends of the show. Yeah. And friends of eating well. Yeah. Uh, he messaged me after the show. He's like, I forgot to tell you, I bought my bed bug cover. Oh, so he listened to the podcast and he's like, Joey brought up a good, good point And he got a bed bug cover. Get out of here. So he's proactive. So Ryan, good on you. Good on you. He's aware. Yeah. yeah. We salute you. We salute you. Cool. Um, shall we get into transition time? I think so. Yeah. So I'm sound effects on this one. Yeah. I'll do the voice. On All this right. One. It's time for transition time. Welcome to the show. <laughs> this week's topic is resale versus pre-construction. What is better for the real estate buyer? <laughs> I love that. I love that, man. That was Dolby 3D sound. I should, I should sell these as a package, man. Yeah, sound engineers, side listen hustle. for it. Yeah. What would you call your package? Joey Sounds? Yeah, Joey. Yeah, Joey Sounds. <laughs> simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is this coffee brewing? Nope, not yet. All right. Yeah, this is a common question we're getting asked quite a bit, yeah. more and more so. So as you know, a lot of buyers are on the sideline to try to figure out, okay, you're telling us it's a good opportunity, but we're also seeing a lot of pre-con projects come up. Yeah. What should we be doing? Where is the better place to put our money? Should we buy now, move in, get this process started, or should we buy four or five years out and kind of see where the market goes and, and just rent in the interim? Yeah. And I don't know what the answer is yet. I, I'm still conflicted. I mean, I kind of have a, a side that I'm more on than the other, but let's get into it. Let's kind of let's kind of look at that and, and see uh, what it, makes more sense. Yeah, I think it... Okay, I'll start by saying I think it's very... Uh, it, it depends on the individual. Subjective? Yeah. 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 That's if you be- want to skip this show note, that is the answer. <laughs> if you want to skip this episode, <laughs> it comes down to the individual, but let's figure out why it comes Let's up. explain why. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. The, that's where the meat and potatoes are. What individual are you? yeah. Yeah, which people in Toronto, as blog to you, likes to put in their headlines. Yeah. <laughs> are you? Are you angry? Are you outraged? <laughs> are you outraged? <laughs> are you enthusiastic? <laughs> um, all right, you want to kick us off? Yeah, let's start with resale properties. Okay. Um, so, on a very simple basis, we're only comparing condos in this type of situation. We're talking about living in Toronto proper, like downtown Toronto. It's not comparing Vaughn. And it's because it's a whole other market that we're kind of seeing out there happening right now. Yeah. Um, so, you have a choice. You've got a good job. You've saved up a good amount of money for your down payment. Do you want to get into the game right now or do you want to wait a little bit? Yeah. And if you're going to start with the resale side of things, let's maybe talk about some of the pros as to why resale might make more sense for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, So here's my biggest pro. It's built. (laughs) Yeah. It's done. Yeah. There's no chance of the project getting canceling. There's no seeing a floor plan and getting something different. You can physically walk into the place today. You can see what your bedroom is, check out your view, spot any potential downfalls of the unit without trying to guesstimate where things will land. Yeah, exactly. That to me is the 
really big reason why resale makes more sense is if you're a first timer, you should be looking at what you're going to move into. It shouldn't be just a speculative play of like, oh, well, you know, in four or five years, we'll see where the market is. Yeah. Remember your home is shelter before an investment. <laughs> that is, it's so overlooked, but because, you know, there's so much money that's been made in, in resale values in the last 10 years. It's really shifted to like, oh, where am I going to make more money? No, it's your shelter first. And so you should be putting in place, obviously location, location, but also the internal has got to make sense. Yep. The floor plan, the space, all that has to be a good fit for you. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's uh, that's a big piece of it. But being able to walk in, smell the building, feel the building, smell the building is actually important. <laughs> I would, I'm, I'm, that's on the list for a reason. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. There's one at uh, I'm not going to call it building, but it's at Wilson and Dufferin. Uh, you want to get a contact high, a little <laughs> wacky tabacky, uh, devil's lettuce, if you may, <laughs> Mary Jane. Uh, what are the, what are the kids call it today? Yeah. Wacky tobacco. Did you say that? I one? said wacky oh, tobacco. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about weed. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to get a contact, you walk through the hallway of this building and I swear to God, I catch a buzz every time I walk through there. Yeah. I, like it's just reeks of weed. And to some people that's really problematic. So resale definitely gives you that advantage where you can see what your neighbors are like. You can see if they're, if the floor is loud that you're going to be potentially buying on. You can see the views. Another very important thing. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you're, you're, everything you're buying is is way more guaranteed, uh, way more guaranteed than uh, than the resale. Yeah, or than the uh, sorry precon. Than the precon. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then the history of the building. You yeah. will know if they've had issues in the past. You can look at the status certificate. You could review it. You can see if there's going to be hikes to the maintenance fees. It's a much more predictable way to budget. Yeah. Living in a in a condo. Yeah, absolutely. In a resale way. Yeah, and then something I'm also going to bring up is um, I get, I'll bring up the you're buying you're buying at today sorry, we're talking about resale benefits yeah. right yeah so you're buying at today's price mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, I speculating guess speculating on price a future and price this is a, a big misconception for a lot of people who aren't in yet is is the fact that resale because it's not built might be cheaper mm -hmm. not the case mm -hmm. um no resale is cheaper I keep mixing up pre-con and yeah, resale yeah, when yeah. I'm speaking right it's now. okay. <laughs> I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, pre-con is much more expensive than a resale. Absolutely. Uh, and that's because uh, pre-con is, is gauging for this like future view of what real estate prices will be at as opposed to resale, which is... Today's prices. You're seeing comps that are happening today. Yeah. And they're market determined. You know exactly you know what's good value because you can compare somewhat apples to apples of nearby prices and values. Um, so that is, yeah, definitely a big one where you know exactly what you're paying today. Mm -hmm. There's not the surprise of like, oh, you know, um, my closing costs went up. We'll get into that in the pre-con side of things. But um, I definitely think if you're a first timer specifically, mm -hmm. resale makes more sense. Yeah. Definitely makes more sense. Yeah. There's a lot more, there's a lot less that you're guessing when it comes to, and also when it comes to financing, uh, yeah. let's get into, maybe let's get into that. Yeah. Uh, so financing is a big one on resale because uh, you know what you're getting and as you're getting it, you know what your rate is, you know how much you need down. It's all... Uh, not to say that in pre-con you don't, but there's other fees that might hit you that you don't expect. Yeah. So uh, when it comes to knowing your, just knowing more, more certainly where, where you're going to be at. Yeah. Knowing you can move in in 60 to 90 days or something mm -hmm. along those lines uh, once it closes. Um, there's no developer fees that might hit you sporadically out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and speaking of price, you could also negotiate, especially yeah. in this market right now. That's another one. Right? Yeah. So with pre-con, there is no negotiating. The developer sets the price, you're paying it, end of story. Yeah. There's, you know, they might throw in a locker and a parking when times get tough. Uh, not even parking anymore. <laughs> they might throw in like a faucet upgrade. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have their tight margins that they got to like meet to make the project successful for themselves and for it to be profitable. But with resale, um, you could also change things out right off the hop. Like if you don't like something, you could change it yeah. with 
pre-con, it's a lot harder to get the developer to take down walls or to change certain things. And if they do, they're charging you. I did some rough calculations on a pre-con I bought. It was four times the price as if I had done it myself hmm. to do some of the upgrades that the developer was offering. There you to go. Do. That's a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. And so I think when you're a first time home buyer, you have a lot of uncertainty. Like it's a big step, right? You're going from renting to owning. It's probably going to cost you a little bit more a month taking that step. Yep. Resale just gives you that security of knowing exactly what your financials will be. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Uh, and I'll even speak on the investor side. Yeah. Go for it. So on the investor side, this also helps you with rent. Uh, when you're purchasing something out in the future, five years from now, you have no idea where you have no idea where the rental market is going to be and your monthly, uh, your monthly fees are going to be by yep. the time that thing's done. Uh, so gauging where you're actually sitting in, in, I guess a cash flow or cash negative situation, depending on in Toronto nine times out of 10, it's cash negative yeah. at, the, at the hop, but, uh, you at least know what you're getting into right away as, and you can really make an educated decision in that respect. Uh, whereas if you're buying you know, five years down the line, you don't know. I mean, look at the people today. Yeah. I don't think anybody expected interest rates to be this high and a lot of closings are happening yep. now. Yeah. And like, I don't know if I share this on air or off air, but it, there's a few projects that sold three, four years ago where they're currently in their interim occupancy phase and pre-construct, pre-construction process. And the fees that these people are paying, and one I saw, it was a one bed plus 10, they have to pay 4,500 bucks a month to the developer until it closes. That's unreal. Nobody could have predicted that. Yeah. Nobody could have calculated that. Nobody had that in their crystal ball of what a pre-construction condo would look like. Yeah. So, you know, there's just a lot more uncertainty if you go the pre-construction route. And there is an appetite for some people to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're a first timer and if you're just getting into the game, even if it's your first investment property, I still like the comfort of being able to calculate everything out resale-wise. I'm with you. Yeah. 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 It is still like you're playing a big speculative game uh, when you do pre-con when it comes it, in an investment world. Yeah. Uh, it's very, it's very based on speculative, uh, I guess, guessing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. So let's talk about pre-con. So what does this process look like if you're going to buy pre-con? You're essentially buying an agreement. You're agreeing to an agreement. You're buying a floor plan um, in a sales center with finishes that might not even be reflective of what you're getting. At a timeline that could be changed, almost doubled in some situations. At a cost that's locked in, but with variables that can change from now until closing. With no guarantee that the project's even going to be built. So why the heck do people do it? <laughs> well, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually did it as my first home. So, and this is maybe why I think resale does make more sense is because I took the other road. I took the pre-con road on my first purchase, but I went in there with very loose expectations. Mm-hmm. I said, look, I might get what I'm, what I'm thinking they're going to be offering me, but if I don't, I'm not too attached to the final outcome. And that I think really made that process a lot more digestible for me personally. Mm-hmm. But if you're someone who's like, it needs to be this way. You promised me this. I need this. Don't even look at pre-con. Yeah. Just don't do it. (laughs) Um, Because there is so much sway and move that developers have in the contract that they're allowed to do between the time you've signed it to the time you get it. Yeah. That if you're someone very stuck on something, you know, you have to go in with very loose expectations with pre-con. I like that. Yeah. You got to remain very flexible uh, in, in almost every aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, costs, layouts, finishes, every piece of the puzzle, you have to go in uh, thinking like, okay, all of this can change uh, <laughs> pretty much as the time, as the five years pass, yeah. or however long it takes. Well, I, or the biggest threat is the project is no longer viable and they cancel it. Yes. Um, so I was, I bought my first project, as we all know, Dufferin Lawrence, Treviso. Um, but there was another condo that launched just down the street at Dufferin and Hopewell. Mm. And they launched at the same time. And that was a relatively unknown developer. Um, they held everyone in the, they, so they sold out their units. They held all the money in trust. 
after eight years, they canceled the project. <sighs> so in that time, I bought my place. My place was finished. I moved in. I started paying my mortgage. They did not finish. They canceled and returned everyone's money back. Yeah. The problem with that is prices had gone up so much yeah. that half of those people, well, I don't know about half, but a, a large majority of them were priced out of the market. Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. They have the right to cancel their projects. It's in the contract. Yeah. Right. Um, and which could be a little bit scary because if, you know, this is the place you're planning to live in. Well, what if there's a delay for two years? Um, another story I want to share is I sold a place on Queen West. And this is just talking about like the lifestyle and how, how people's kind of personalities could change over time. Mm-hmm. This guy was a hardcore hipster. <laughs> Remember the hipster era? Yeah. Plaid shirts, fake glasses. This guy was at the big toques. Like yeah. He was the quintessence. <laughs> and he's like, I want to buy this Queen West project. This is, ex- ooh, coffee's ready. Oh, there we go. Um, he's like, this is exactly what I'm looking for, et cetera, et cetera. So we sold him the place. Four years passed. He wasn't a hipster. He was a dad with two kids. <laughs> and I was like, uh, you bought that one bedroom. What, uh, what's your exact plans? And he moved out to Richmond Hill. And he's like, yeah, I have no interest of living on Queen West. That is not my life at all. Like, and so that's just to say, like, lifestyles change so much that you want to have me a cup there? Yep. Um, that when you're buying pre-con, you might be buying into a certain theme or certain element that you like about it, but your life can change in those four to five years that it takes to build it. Yeah, it's not a short period of time. Not at all. <laughs> Especially yeah, if you're talking about it eight years and then uh, potentially even not closing by the end of the eight years. Oh yeah. I didn't, thankfully I didn't sell anything in that project and I tried to steer people away from it because I felt that was going to be a potential problem with it. Mm -hmm. But the longest pre-con project I ever sold took 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. A decade. That's your money tied up for 10 years. Yeah. And hoping to God it's going to close. Yeah. (laughs) It's a, it's a very, it's a premier project down by the lake. Like it's a well-known project. It, It was a challenging one to build. It took a long time, but, uh, 10 years, a decade. That's insane. Imagine 20 year old Joey, how yeah. much he's changed. Ready to, ready to purchase. Yeah. And waiting 10 years and yeah. then finding out that that whole idea just was. Yeah. <laughs> well, 20 years ago, you were in a band. Yeah. Oh man. Whole different me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very yeah. much so. Not 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 10 years ago yeah. you're at 20. <laughs> now you are a successful podcaster. Yeah. You've got a kick, super kick shirt super on. Super kick shirt on. Like who'd have thought that? Who'd have thought I would kick super kick shirt right. at this like, point? Decade later, things change. <laughs> So you really got to understand that pre-con is much more speculative. Yeah. Um, there are some benefits though. And yes, this is why are. I bought it. So this is the biggest one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go. Uh, the biggest the biggest reason I think people get into it is because of the way that they structure the deposit down. Yes. Uh, and it's that it's that that you're able to save up, give a, give a sum, and then save up some more, give another sum, save up some more, give another sum. That's right. Um, and work yourself into affording the, uh, affording the place. Yeah. So it, which is huge. That's a huge, uh, huge benefit because you don't need to actually physically uh, apply for the mortgage when you're putting your deposit down. That only happens once the place closes. So you have five years to get yourself in a in a, a even better position. That's right. Uh, so when I bought mine, I I didn't have money for resale. I wasn't in a position where I can move into a resale and carry the cost. And I was selling real estate at the time. It just wasn't as steady enough to predict, like for me to feel comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, so I had to put down. It's generally twenty percent over the first year. Some condo projects are as low as ten percent. Um, so there's some flexibility there with what you can put down, Yeah. but, um, I didn't have the full 20%, but I knew over four years I could definitely get there to save it. Cause I'm a super saver as we determined in previous episodes. <laughs> um, and that also allowed me to reverse engineer how much I had to have each month, each deal, each, everything to put aside to get me there. And I got there. Yep. Um, I, I really overestimated my costs and I'm glad I did, but in four to five years, I was able to save up my full 20%, my closing costs furniture for the place, like all those other expenses, I was able to do that yeah. over five years of saving. Which is which is amazing. Like that's the, that's the huge benefit of this thing. And like, 
I would say if you're, you know, there was a lot of speculation that happened over those couple of years where people thought they could just like take it on without getting mortgage and then just reassign it before it closes. Yeah. Um, huge mistake. Uh, if you're going to go into this, know that you, you, you should be planning to close on the thing and actually move forward with it. Yeah. I, I would never advise my clients to buy something for the purpose of flipping it yeah. to make a quick buck. So I don't even want to dive too deep into that. No, we, we don't need yeah. to, but yeah, it, it is, uh, it is absolutely a way that you can get yourself there. Like, yeah. It's so attainable. Yeah. Uh, much more attainable. Yeah. And so think about this. At 25, I had to save up, I think it was like around $80,000. I had to save up between 25 and 30 yeah. uh, years old. Oh, I think I lost my thing here. Oh. Yeah. That's okay. I don't know. There we go. I'm back now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I was saying was at 25 years old, I, I bought the place and I had five years to save up for it, about $80,000. From 25 to 30, if you asked me to save $80,000 just because at 30 you're going to buy a resale, I would never do it. Right. There was no push or like, you know, this. So what pre-con did for me was it made me become a forced saver because I had a place to close on in five years. Yeah. And so that's a really good way to keep you disciplined and keeping you focused on your goal of getting into it. Whereas with resale, you have to kind of save up your money, your 10 to 20% on your own and be very disciplined. Yes. Pre-con kind of forces you to do that. So I do like that element of it. And that's what helped me. Um, yeah. my place. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, again, like we said, some of the risks are the project might not close. You might not, you might be saving all that money up over all that time and then decide the project just isn't working out or another developer comes in and develops it and you didn't get exactly what you wanted. Mm -hmm. So again, that those loose expectations are, are pretty important. They're, yeah, they, they are a hundred percent. Um, I think that, um, it's flexibility. Like I think that's the yeah. biggest thing with with uh, with precon is you just have to be flexible. Yeah. If you're okay waiting that time, if you're okay with uh, closing closing dates changing, prices changing, layouts changing, right. finish, all that stuff is is it could flip flop all over the place. Which is why I feel it's better for an investor or someone who's looking to buy an investment property to be looking at precon. Yeah. Because if you have this idea, or you want to set your kids up. Let's say you just had a newborn, and you're like, okay, I want to to fuel my kid's future. You could buy the place when the kid's born, save up over five years, not have to start paying your mortgage. And then that can be something for them to have when they go to college, if they decide to take that route. Yeah. Um, it, it, it kind of makes more sense like for you to long-term plan to get into an investment with pre-con than it does to try to save up with a uh, resale. Yeah, I, with I a, agree with yeah. you. Yeah, 100%. It's, yeah. it's not something you need to, it doesn't, it's not going to change your life if things do switch on you. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the big, I guess that's a big piece of it. I agree with that that point a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a more like organic way for you to get into an investment property over time and save up for it than just right off the hop. But tomorrow I'm going to be a landlord. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, and at the end of five years, if your plans do change or like your kid at five years old says, dad, I don't want real estate because mm. kids say that. I don't know, I don't have kids, but <laughs> um, you could always sell it at that five-year mark, right? You you don't have to keep it for the whole 10, 20 years yes. down the line. You have some flexibility. And if the market appreciated, that might pan out really well for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, something I want to bring up uh, in terms of uh, pre-con is yeah. uh, just timing of, of purchasing. It's something, I, I don't know, I, I feel like this is something that, again, is some, if, you, if you're not in the market or you're not constantly watching this stuff, you may not take it in. Mm -hmm. um, number one is if you're seeing uh, construction already starting, Chances are that you're too late to jump into that building. Mm -hmm. The goal of a pre-con is to buy it at its earliest possible stage. So you want to you want to be in like you want to be the first one in the door yep. because the reason they price so high uh, is to plan for the speculation that it, real estate will be higher at the point when it's 
officially closing. So you want to be make sure that when you're when you're purchasing, you are purchasing a price today. But that's the the reason I'm bringing this up is because when it comes to investors looking for spots, um, you want to be in. You want to give yourself as much buffer as humanly possible in order uh, for that place to to uh, reach its its the price you're paying today to see the appreciation. Yeah, you want to see that appreciation by by the time it closes. So get in early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, that's, that's yeah something I just wanted to kind of mention because it's uh I've you know you've been out with clients before and, and so what's happening this one uh, and they're pointing at construction pieces and it's just not it's likely too late for something really to to you know you to make a real good profit on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're an investor, you want to get in as early as possible. Uh, the VIP launches are the way to do it. Now that market's kind of saturated, I find. Like I used to sell a lot of pre-con. I've gotten out of it just because the whole like strategy or the whole system of selling it's just it's messy. Right. But um, anyways, the point is you got to get in early to to really see the best type of chance of a good return. Yes, yeah. You want to get into the lowest price. Exactly. Simple economics here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I want to talk about with pre-con that, that people aren't often told is, let's say you buy your place for 750000 There are closing costs above and beyond land transfer tax that you have to pay. And these are called adjustments. Mm-hmm. And the amount of those adjustments can vary widely. I've seen as low as $5,000. I've seen as high as $100,000. So basically what an adjustment is, is the developer has to do a bunch of things for the city, maybe install a park, new infrastructure around the project. And they pass a portion of that cost back onto the buyer. Mm -hmm. So it's very important that when you buy the place, you have a lawyer review it and you have a very clear indication of what those adjustments are going to be at closing. It's not an exact science, but if you can have a figure of roughly 20K, that just gives you another target to save for to make sure you have the right amount. Right. Or then. Yep. Um, and then the second thing that no one talks about is the phantom mortgage. Have you heard about this? <laughs> yes. The phantom <laughs> of the mortgage is here. <laughs> I should go as that for Halloween. Yeah, hey, that's not the phantom bad. mortgage. The phantom Ooh. mortgage. Because <laughs> high rates are spooky. <laughs> <laughs> A phantom mortgage, interim occupancy, they go by both names. What that means is the building is done. Yeah. And we, we saw this at Rodeo Drive. We went to go check out a place last week. Yep. Um, the building's done. Sorry, your unit is done. It's livable. All the stuff in there, for the most part, there might be some few small deficiencies, but you can live in your unit. But your hallways aren't done. The amenities aren't open. There might not be concierge, security. All the other components of the, of the building are still under construction. Yep. And you can't decide, oh, well, you know, because it's not done, I don't want to move it. No. The day you get your occupancy is the day you start paying this occupancy fee, or yep. this interim occupancy fee, the phantom mortgage. It is comprised of three elements, the property tax, the leftover mortgage from the developer, and the um, estimated uh, maintenance fee. Yeah. Um, those can be really wildly high, as I alluded to earlier. 4400 bucks a month on another project we're checking out, that's insanely high to pay. Yes. It's very hard to calculate exactly what that would be because like, one of the components is the um, the mortgage rate. Mm-hmm. Um but you will be paying that anywhere from, I'd say, at minimum six months to as long as two years, yep. I've seen in one project. And this does not go towards the principle of it at all. No, no. This is like you're paying rent. Exactly. Uh, until we, with pre-con, there's, there's two closings that happen. Yes. There's the first closing, which is you, you start living in that, constru- almost like a construction project still. Yep. Uh, and you start paying rent to the developer. And then you have the actual closing. The final closing when your mortgage starts and all that other fun and stuff. You, then you start paying down the principal. Then you start paying the principal. Now, here's a fun fact. This is an Ontario thing. In Vancouver, they don't have this interim occupancy. I heard about this recently, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. This is not a, this is a, this is specific to us. This is an Ontario thing. I don't know if other provinces also have it, but 
I definitely know Vancouver doesn't, and I definitely know we do. <laughs> and I definitely think it's something that we should be looking at to get rid of because it adds so much more expenses. Yes. And it, I know the developer's motivated to close off the project because that's when they get paid. But let's say they're a little bit over on some of their overages. Well, they're collecting on this mm -hmm. times 500 units over a year and a half. I don't know. Something about it just doesn't. It doesn't set up. Right? Just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> sit well with me. Uh, not as well as this fantastic coffee. I was going to say, let's, yeah, uh, let's cheers. try to get cheers in yeah. here. Pinky's up. Light just oh, came back on. That's look at that's exactly what happened when I just took this coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so pros of pre-con, you have some time to save. Uh, there is sometimes a built-in profit with it that yep. you can build up over time. Um, you do have a little bit of flexibility in your finishes. You're going to get a brand new project. Yep. I don't know if you're like I have so many clients that tell me they want a brand new toilet. I, I, I don't know if that's a thing. <laughs> They're like, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you're the first to live. It's like that new car feel, right? Like. Even if you buy a car that's a year old, it's just not the same as that fresh smelling new car. Yep, yep, so absolutely. I get that. So there are some benefits to it. Um, but I think in the end, it's more so what's going on. Sorry, I'm just laughing at the, the, to the toilet. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. looked at me when you said that. No, remember when I said clients? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's me. <laughs> I'm the client. <laughs> Every place I get, I have to change the toilet out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get it though. I get it. Right? It's such a simple change, and like it, it's that makes a big impact. I think so. Well, just just cleanliness. I don't. Yeah. Know. I just feel like I, I'm sure the people we bought from were fine, but we got at our bathrooms, yeah. <laughs> and I feel a lot better because of that. <laughs> like I can live with twelve bed bugs in the public library. Yeah. I don't know the history of these toilet bowls that I'm. Yeah, that's your safe space right there. That's my yeah. safe space. Yeah. Thank you, Joey. Thank you for supporting the cause. Now I want to talk about a hybrid. Okay. Okay. So there's resale and there's pre-con, but like everything, there's got to be something in the middle and assignments. And I know we kind of yeah. poo-pooed on it, Okay. but assignments are the hybrid option. So what an assignment is, is someone bought this pre-con contract five years ago, closing is about to come. They can't make it. They don't want it. They see profit, whatever the story is. They want to sell that contract before closing. Yep. You might be able to get in, especially now in this market, at prices from three, four, five years ago. Yeah. If someone's desperate. Yeah. Now assignments are messy. You need a really good lawyer in your corner, someone who's done it multiple times. I hate them straight yeah. up. Yeah. And clients ask me, I'm like, oh no, I just don't like them. But they are worth looking at it for the right client and for someone who has the right amount of down payment. Yep. It could make a lot of sense. Yes. With assignments, you need you tend to just out of the gates, you need more cash on yes. hand. Yes. So there's a big thing because you're taking up that twenty, whatever, twenty percent down payment right out of the gates plus extras. Correct. Development fees and things. You're you're taking all that on. And you're still taking on the risk of not knowing what the building is. You're still buying a floor plan. And a lot of times you can't see it, but you might be only waiting six months to a year before that project's done, or less in some situations. It could be weeks. Could be yeah, it could be much closer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So there there are great deals right now to be had in the assignment market and so if you're this would be really good for um a, a resale person who mm -hmm. wants brand new never lived in has the cash on hand ready to go um, but doesn't want to wait five years for a project to be built and wants to minimize the risk of all those things that we stated before well said yeah um so and simon's kind of like that that middle ground yeah sometimes it could really really make sense and sometimes it could be a pain in your yeah but i think the key thing uh, once again is make sure you're lined up with a lawyer that knows what they are doing yeah uh because yeah you want to go through that contract pretty slick and and uh yeah make sure you're 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 covered in that sense developers yeah. developers alone can go get really out of hand yeah you're on the hook for everything that original person signed for yeah so you want to know damn well what's in that contract and what your obligations are especially your closing costs and if you could find out how long that occupancy fee um, is and how much or how long of a time you're going to be paying it, yeah. that's also very crucial 
information. Yeah. And you know, we're getting really deep here. This is more things, conversations that we'd have offline. Yeah. But if you're looking for kind of that in between, I think assignment's the way to go. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. What would you do, Joey? What would I do? Yeah, right now. Right off the hop. So um No judgment. No, and 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 it's it's a lifestyle thing, right? Because you yep. think about lifestyle and like right now there's the, the it's the debate of uh, it's the debate of am I going to stay where I am? Because I think if I ever did pre-construction, it would be just like I would have to be okay with not moving, okay, uh, and kind of staying where I am. And I would need that flexibility to be like when it closes, I'll see where I'm at. Yeah, because uh, I wouldn't put all my eggs in the basket of once this closes, I'm 100% moving in. Okay, uh, so that's the thing. I think realistically, as of right now, I'd probably end up going. I'd probably end up doing something pre-con. Really? Uh, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I thought resale. You know, and and usually I would say that, but with the way that things are, just a personal thing, Yeah, right? yeah. And, the, and that's exactly the answer that's correct. It's personal. Yeah. It's what works exactly. for your situation. So there's no surefire way that's going to be bringing you success. That's that's exactly it. And, and it might just be a thing of, you know, because I, I am very happy with where I am right yeah. now. Uh, so maybe it is a thing of, uh, maybe I'll just hold here and... and uh, see what happens by the time that closes. Yeah. And also lets me, lets me build that little piece by piece out, um, you know, those deposit structure and like, you know, just see where things go by the time it, uh, it hits. Yeah. And a great strategy, especially if you've been renting in a place for a long period of time and you're on like a really low rent, um, um, Janelle S is in a similar situation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where I'm, I'm trying to tell her like you could, you should stay in your rental and buy a pre-con because this will allow your monthlies to be at a low amount as well as still being in the game. So mm. you're still you're still benefiting from having low monthly cash flow, but you're also invested in real estate, even though you don't, you could live in it if you want, but you might want to rent it out if rents are so high. It might make a better proposition for you. Yeah. Um, and so I really like that hybrid option of like, you could stay renting and just buy pre-con, save up and see where you are in five years and then go from there type thing. That's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, if, you st- if you start taking that eggs in the basket and like removing yourself from like, what is that affordable monthly payment? Yeah. And put yourself into something more expensive, then your 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 saving up is going to slow down quite a exactly. Bit. So it just might be the smarter choice. Yeah, uh, like for me, I'm all over the place. My first one would go against the advice I'm telling people now. I bought pre-con first. Mm-hmm. Then we're in a resale now. We're in a resale loft that we we live in. We bought, um, but I bought a pre-con <laughs> at the height of the market. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a pre-con in February of 2022. I guess it's only been a year that we had it, and right. um, we bought this primarily for investment purposes i don't think we're going to live in it but it was interesting to see how things had changed how contracts were a little bit more tighter in favor of the developer Mm. uh the fees at closing went up significantly really oh yeah yeah a lot more the first one i bought was i think 2500 bucks uh, adjustment and this one is like 18 or 20,000. Okay. Yeah. That's a hefty jump. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's quite a big change from why I bought the first one about 15 years ago, 12 years ago, something like that. Right. Uh yeah, it's it's changed quite a bit. So, um I mean, the short answer is buy both <laughs> if you can. <laughs> Obviously, that's not achievable all the time, but um you know, just see what makes most sense in your life and and take those steps as yeah it's it's lifestyle it, once again it's it is an investment but it's also lifestyle yeah a huge piece of the puzzle that you have to take into consideration yeah. yeah and just to go back to the pre-con we bought 12 years later guess who's got a spreadsheet this guy <laughs> <laughs> and every deal i'm putting aside the money i have to come up with ooh, a lot i think between closing costs and adjustments and everything else it's something like an hst because it's an investment property mm-hmm. ready for this i think it's one hundred and twenty thousand. <sighs> 
Now I've got four or five years to save up for it and I'm aggressively doing it yep. and it's, it's a good forced savings and to take on last week's episode as that money sits in my account, as I prepare for closing, I'm putting those into very safe investments that are garnishing anywhere from four to 6% interest. Right. Uh, so that's kind of helping me get to my goal a little bit quicker without taking so much capital from what I'm earning and making. Right. But, um, the numbers aren't small, they're quite big and, and this is, um, a good, reminder that you know the same fundamentals whether you go resale or pre-con you still need to have those budgeting and those saving habits in place yeah to help you get there yeah yeah in any situation yeah and it's not easy like it's just as hard now (laughs) on my third or fourth time doing it than it was the first time it's just as hard but just keeping in line with those same habits is so crucial to getting us there yeah 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 beautiful cool um awesome so clear winner clear winner Uh, there is a clear winner yeah Ah, kind of there kind of is yeah, yeah. resale yeah resale yeah i think yeah. resale too it does make it does make a more sense for for most people i think that's it if you had a paint with the largest brush stroke it would be resale yeah um for for the majority of people but everyone's individual and de- different yeah 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 like snowflakes we're all snowflakes yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty individual snowflakes yeah. <laughs> it looks like it's gonna snow any day now i think it's kind of yeah, yeah yeah usually if we get snow before halloween we're in for a bad winter Oh, is that, is that a, oh, I like that. That's my thing. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It makes sense. I'm not a farmer's almanac. It's just my, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I had this Portuguese landscaper. It doesn't matter. These Portuguese, but he was, I, well, I say that cause I didn't quite understand him. He may have been meaning something else, but he said, if you look at the squirrel's tails and they're fluffy, yeah, that's a good indication that we're going to have a really cold winter. Really? Yeah. And there's some fluffy tails out there. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you, fluff season is upon us. <laughs> this is all news to me right now. Yeah. And just educating the people. I like that. We do on the show. Uh, cool, man. Cool. Any shout outs? Uh, shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Michael. Super kicked, man. And psychotic Michael. Psychotic Michael. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Michael. <laughs> we got to get psychotic Michael on the show. Oh, man. I would absolutely love I that. would love to know his real estate strategy. <laughs> yeah. Or least, does he have a special move? Uh, I don't, no, no, I don't think so. Uh. Is that I've, I've, I've only started doing this. Okay. So I don't know that the deep, I only get told the deep history. I have a friend of mine who's very, very into it. Okay. Uh, has his own podcast by the way. Oh yeah. What's his name? Shout him out. Uh, Josh, Josh Pryor. Josh Pryor. What's his podcast called? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay. We're gonna put it in the show notes. Yeah. We'll put it in the show notes. I may have listened to this podcast. No way. I got to look into my, uh, library. Okay. I, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It'll be interesting. We'll put it. In, we'll put yeah. it in the notes. Yeah. So Josh is on my radar. Oh, Francis V. Uh, quick shout out to Francis V. Oh, you're shouting her out. No, oh. I'm calling her out. <laughs> that's, that sounds more right. Still have not been followed. Okay, right. w- once an episode, we're gonna call Francis V out until she follows Mark. Okay, this is officially. You are now on the spot. This is call out number four. Oh yeah, yeah. This yeah, is yeah. call out number four. So let's keep let's keep this tally keep Francis going. Francis V going. Yeah. <laughs> Has Janelle S followed you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she follows you. I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, you just threw me off topic. If you were a wrestler, what would your wrestling move be? Oh, my wrestling move? Yeah. I do. Oh, man. You know, one of my favorite wrestling moves of all time is Mr. Socko. Socko. Yeah, Mr. Socko. So you just shove a sock down. Yeah. His <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say something swan dive related because it's Joy the Swan. Oh, because that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like you jump off the top ropes and wee. <laughs> and just like elbow them <laughs> on the way down. <laughs> I like the sharpshooter. Oh, oh, the sharpshooter. Yeah. What's the sharpshooter again? Bret Hart flips you over, bends you backward like a pretzel, and just keeps. <laughs> oh, and just yeah, 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 yeah. It's the bend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I like the sharpshooter. Sharpshooter is good. Yeah. Bret Hart. Yeah. Bret Hart. Yeah. That's a classic. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe the shark shooter. The shark shoot. The shark shooter. <laughs> oh, yep. Oh man. You tell Psycho Michael. <laughs> Is that his name? Psychotic Michael. <laughs> psychotic Michael. Sorry. <laughs> My apologies, Psychotic Michael. Um, all right. 
Let's wrap it up there. Sounds good. All right. Episode 29. 29. In the books. Thanks for listening to the Toronto Living's Real Estate Podcast. You could find more information on how we work over at torontolivingswithans.com. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter to get price reports from over 150 different neighborhoods in the city each and every month. If you got any value, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends. And if you made it this far, thanks for listening. Thank you.